Blog Talk Radio. We live! We're live! Live from Chicago and Las Vegas. You're tuned in to the show that's always on top of what's trending. It's Page One. It's Page One. With LaVar and Mary. With LaVar and Mary. And what's going on, Blog Talk Radio Nation across the world and from state to state? <laughs> you are tuned into page one with LaVar and Barry for this Friday night, February the 16th, I think this is. It is. I think the we're 16th. all over the map. Yes, the yeah. 16th, 2024. So happy that we could be with you tonight. I think for everybody, well, here in the States, um, this has been kind of like one of those odd weeks because we began the week uh, here with Super Bowl Sunday uh, and then uh, the exciting game. And then we went straight to, uh, you know, Mardi Gras. Tat Tuesday. And then you went yeah. to Valentine's Day, but on the same day, Ash Wednesday. So, and now straight into the weekend. For a lot of people, there is a, this is a holiday weekend because Monday is President's Day. So, a lot of stuff on the calendar. <laughs> uh, yes. How are you, my friend? I am, I mean, I'm worn out. <laughs> it's been a week. It's like everything feels drained. And so, like, I'm, just, I'm this is honesty zone here. So, as I feel worn out, it's been a week. But, you know, ready for a hopefully relaxing weekend, you know, a lot of downtime, a lot of time with people I care a lot about, and then I get to hang out with, I get I get the benefits of having a dog in the house for, uh, again, since we lost our dogs a few years ago. So, um, we've got a, we're borrowing our parents, my parents' dog for the weekend. So, how are you doing, though? I'm here. I'm doing okay. Um, like I said, it's been one of those weeks, um, but I'm here. Um, I think as you say in the coin of phrase, I'm upright <laughs> uh, for now. Uh, I'm doing good, and it is hard to believe we're kind of coming in. Um, really, there's only one more week left uh, of February shows, because uh, after next week, it will be uh, after at the first of March, um, and then we are about let's see, I think three, four weeks away from daylight saving time, uh, where the clocks change. Uh, that will be on March 10th. <laughs> so wow, really? Yeah, yeah. and then uh, six weeks from now we will be around Easter, uh, which falls at the end of March this year, March 31st. So, because of the leap year. Um, because of this leap year, yeah. Uh, this is early Easter this year. <laughs> so, yeah. That's how it, that's how it falls. <laughs> wow. So everything, 
everything's happening every everywhere all at once. Um, <laughs> I guess a, a movie, isn't that a movie everything, title? <laughs> yeah, everything everywhere all at once. I think was a movie title. So uh, and then that falls into April, and I have a very interesting story about that coming up here. And the most interesting thing I've read is actually a couple of things uh, this week that I've read. But, uh, no, uh, we hope that everywhere that you guys are at, you're doing well. Uh, tonight in the program, coming up in a few moments, um, the All in Act, we'll have Retro Moment of the Week. We will also have a look at what's trending tonight. Uh, it's a busy night. Everything's kind of happening all over the place, especially in the news. Uh, and then we'll take a look at some stories that we have here and then uh, kind of a quick potpourri night and then some after dark conversation uh coming up later you know i did not tell mary well actually one of the stories that i told her uh just to kind of tell her earlier it's a story about how uh you can calculate your your prospects for love um within the article they actually had the link and i'm not sure if she saw it so within that link there's actually the link to the calculator which I actually did. <laughs> mm. I will tell you uh, how that came out. So, yes, it's it's within the article there. So, but um, yeah, we'll talk about that. And I think if we have time, we've got one story from Smoking Gun Files tonight. So, a lot ahead on the show. I think whenever I say there's not a lot, then we want to go into full two hours. But we will make it as we do. Um, most interesting thing, uh, there are actually two stories that I found this week. One comes uh, on coming up here in the United States. Uh, one of the things that we do here uh, is we pay taxes every year. <laughs> that, that works in other countries, but um, of course we Yeah, they just taxes. take your taxes in other countries. We pretend to actually have a choice. We don't. Yes. So here's the thing. Here, you know, we have to file income taxes every year, and it's generally around April 15th. If something's happening around April 15th, it gets moved a day or two, but otherwise it's usually April 15th. So there was a new study that came out. And this is not a show that I say that we, you know, come down on Generation Zers, but every day I think I find more and more interesting stories here in regards to them. There is a story out that over half, 54% of Generation Zers report that the stress of filing taxes has brought them to tears, according to a new survey commissioned by Cash App Taxes. One in four Gen Zers even claim that they need help from their therapist to recover from the traumatic experience. People in these generations are used to products and services that make their lives easier. Need food? Recap dinner is on the way, according to uh, Lindsay Brian Potvin, who's a financial therapist at Mind Money Balance. Uh, she told the Post this on Monday. Want new music to listen to? A curated playlist is already on your music player, she said. Taxes feel tedious and stressful. Worst of all, the consequences are pretty high. Um, much of the stress seems to stem from confusion surrounding the process of filing taxes, something that American adults have been doing for more than 100 years. Many Gen Zers and millennials don't even know when their taxes need to be filed, according to the survey. 
The answer, of course, is Monday, April 15, 2024, for most taxpayers, and April 17th for those who live in Maine or Massachusetts. Uh, it's clear that many Americans, but particularly younger filers, view filing their taxes as a confusing, anxiety-inducing experience that's painful to navigate. People who do it themselves often spend an average of nine hours filing their taxes, but it's a necessary undertaking. Getting hit with a penalty, owing money, or being audited are terrifying prospects. She encourages confused adults to seek professional help. Uh, you can visit 211 for county-specific tax and financial services. Now, taxes aren't the only financial issue stressing Gen Zers and millennials out. They're losing sleep over money in general. More than half of Gen Zers, 56%, and millennials, 51%, say that their finances keep them up at night compared to just 37% of Generation Xers and 20% of baby boomers, according to a 2023 study by Empower. This might have to do with the fact that many Gen Zers and millennials are still financially dependent on their parents. More than half of adults 18 to 34 rely on some sort of allowance from their parents, according to a study released last month by the Pew Research Center. Uh, it's not necessarily that Gen Zers and millennials are spoiled or bad with money. Rather, those generations have amassed more debt chasing the American dream than their parents. Uh, it says American adults today also tend to be older when accomplishing common life goals like promotions, marriage, and parenthood. Experts have noted that financial and cultural changes are likely responsible for adults today delaying when they achieve key milestones. So that young Gen Zer, who you know here, is probably stressing out about filing income taxes and it's causing anxiety. <laughs> and I see the look on your face saying, get over it. <laughs> Basically, I'm so mean when it comes to that stuff. It's like, and I had a conversation with a coworker about generational differences. And not that every generation has a bunch of differences, but you think, okay, as a parent, you think you taught your kids what you're supposed to teach them, right? And I can mm-hmm. only imagine what my parents thought they taught me that I didn't get taught. Um, but as we were talking about it, I don't think my parents cared. Like, not in a bad way. Like, I don't think they cared that they didn't teach it to me. Like, it was like, I didn't teach it to you. You needed to know it. Figure it out. You know, do right. it. Pull up your bootstraps and go. Stop whining. You need to figure it out. Go do it. Whereas I'm like, did I teach you how to do that? Did I teach you how to change a tire? Do you know how to take the uh, air pressure in your tire? Do you know how to do this? Do you know how to do that? And in my head, I'm saying those things. Or maybe I'm saying them out loud. Um, and I'm worrying about them as a parent. So I don't know. <clears throat> again, there's generational differences, but I think those part of those differences is, again, convenience and then differences in how they were taught and mm. how they react to how they were taught. When I had to do taxes, I learned how to do taxes in school. I don't think kiddo did. Mm. I saw a story weeks ago. There was a teacher who was teaching her young students about uh, money, and I will probably find it, hopefully, if not by tonight, then by next week. But uh, pretty much what she was doing was that she would charge them. I think they used Monopoly money or Play money, but she would charge them for the use of their desk every day. Uh, And it taught them, you know, particular things she would charge them for, and it was teaching them about money skills. Uh, and responsibility and things that they had to have. Um, but it is something that is so, uh, what's the word I want to use? It's controversial 
and you, mm-hmm. you, uh, for the emphasis of uh, openness here, you at one time, you know, taught in academia. So mm-hmm. you no know, controversial thing when it comes to teaching kids about life choices such as money or balancing a checkbook or, you know, other things that you have to actually do as an adult. It's funny, and I find it, you know, the irony of it all, that we're taught a lot of other different things that we will probably only see once in our life, if not at no time in our life. But when it comes to the basics of surviving, it is controversial to teach your child about, you know, what mommy and daddy do because for some odd reason we're trying to shield them from it. Right. And that was, yes. And I, I mean, I don't mind telling the story again, but basically uh, there was, it was a long time ago and far, far away in a world that, you know, in a lifetime that I have since forgotten. Um, But I, one of our, my closing projects for my class, which was a math class was buy me a car. That was the project, buy me a car. And I know that sounds weird. Like I'm not actually asking children to buy me a car, but go and figure out financing. How much is it going to cost me? How much do I have to put down? How much is my monthly my um, monthly car payment going to be? At the end of paying off everything, how much did I actually buy the car for? Um, these were all the questions that I asked within this final like quarter project. And it took like nine weeks for this project. It wasn't like a, hi, do this, and tomorrow we'll talk about it. Um, but it really got, and these were eighth graders, it got them talking to their parents about how much did you buy your car for? How much is your car payment? And I did get some parents that came in that were very upset with me. They're like, now my kid's asking me how much I make. And I'm like, I understand that you don't necessarily want to tell your kids that. If you don't, you know, I don't know why, but you don't want to tell your kids that, that's fine. Say, you know, when you're, when you're older, you'll make what you need to make. But these are this is conversation you should be having with those kids. I don't, I didn't get it then. Um, I still don't get it because if my kid said, "Hey, how much do you make?" I hand her my paycheck, my stub, and I go, "That's how much I make." You know, times that by how many paychecks I get in a year. Well, how many paychecks you get in a year? How often do I get paid? And then it's always me going back and going, "How often do I get paid? How much of that is going to taxes?" How much is that is going to insurance? That's what I pay every month. How much does that go for over a year? What's my net earning? What's my gross earning? And then we could talk about it. I don't know why that's got to be a secret. Other than people are shady about how they make their money. So that right. might be why it's a secret. Right. I make it under the table. Or, you know, if somebody has a parent that's uh, a stripper, you know, it, 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 it's uh... a... <laughs> A lot of cash, yeah. I work a cash yeah. business. You know, uh, it could uh, it could be a little. I mean, but even then, you know, it's kind of like, hey, there's still some ways around it. I mean, they don't have to know everything, but you know, it's just a general idea of what responsibilities you have as a parent and how you break it down. I think kids would, you know, I think they're just looking at the big picture, like, hey, they got a paycheck coming in, so you know, they should be able to buy me that new pair of Jordans but they're not seeing the bigger picture that, hey, out of that money and out of that time frame, I only get paid this much. So in between mm-hmm. that, that, this, 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 and this. And I still got to make it stretch because you got to buy food. And then on top of that, any other emergency that pops up, 
I remember the advice that my parents used to give me, and especially when I was on my own for the first time. They say, hey, you're on your own. You're going to be making a little bit more money than what you're used to. But one of the things that you need to do is that you need to set aside at least this much for emergencies. And it says you never know when your car is going to need, you know, um, uh, new brakes or a new tire or an oil change or anything uh, because stuff happens. So, yeah, um, I think adults that kind of set their kids up that way will find them to be over time probably a little bit more independent and not always reliant or on not knowing what to do in an emergency because you can't be everywhere. Mm-hmm. You know, what happens if you're out of the country or, you know, out of state, a child is on their own and something happens. You can't get to them right away, you know? Right. So. Exactly. I don't know. And, and, you know, and this generation, again, this is a generational thing, but they don't do confrontation as well. Mm-hmm. So sometimes you have to be your biggest advocate and basically say, this is what's going on and, and this is what I, what I would like. You know, you've got this. And I want to, every time I want to shake people and be like, you have this. You can do it. You can do it. Um, but, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry my other Filipino friend. Um, but there's a lot of people that are out there that just don't like confrontations. They'll be like, ah, but do I have to? Like, do I have to, like, yell at them? I don't, I don't want to do I don't want to do that. And there's a lot of that. And, I mean, I come up against it as well. You know, like, being starch advocate for myself, I, I'm still learning. So, but yeah. Oh. Yep. If you don't know it, you don't know it. <laughs> there so, are people out there that will teach you. Yes, there is. The worst thing is to not know it and pretend like you do know it and <laughs> make it work. <laughs> then, right. well, you know. You donkey! I, yeah. <laughs> So don't don't pretend you don't. <laughs> um, so another interesting thing that I read this week, um, I, for you couples out there, because you all know it, um, it says roses are red, violets are blue. We're too <laughs> we're terrified to poo. A whopping 63% of Americans say that going number two in the presence of others, particularly a loved one, is a major do not do, according to a new survey. (laughs) Oh, my God. Blame what experts are calling poop anxiety for the momentum behind the movement to conceal your most private habits, say experts from MyFitnessPal. The nutrition app surveyed 4,000 people ranging from ages 18 to 59 about their bathroom habits around the booth. And the leading nutrition tracking app became an accidental confessional during the January study, which was mostly intended to quiz app users on their fiber know-how. Turns out many of us spend a lot of time worrying about where we'll go to the toilet next and who will be around when we get there. For example, 56% of Americans said that they'd only answer the call of nature around other people if it became an emergency. Otherwise, they'll just wait until later. 
63% of us won't even think about skipping to me if the data significant other is in the vicinity. To ensure that a trip to the necessary room doesn't spoil our special evening, 46% of Americans said that they would avoid eating dairy products while on a date, while 48% said they skipped the spicy foods to keep tummies from potentially rumbling. Uh, the survey was conducted earlier this year across the U.S., Canada, U.K., and Australia. <laughs> oh, my God. But, uh, okay. Here we go. I am not... <laughs> I'm not a shy pooper. <laughs> I'm one of the weirdos that can talk to you through a door um, while nature is calling. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm okay with it. I understand people are not okay with it, so I try not to force people into my, like, weirdo world, but my God. <laughs> oh my god uh that's just oh okay (laughs) i here's the thing i can't uh i kind of prefer my own privacy um Mm -hmm. i i need my own privacy i can't do that around other people and plus you know you don't want people to be like oh my god um <laughs> what did you eat? <laughs> right. But there are certain things that you do avoid. There are certain things that you don't do, especially if you know that it's going to lead up to like something else later, because you don't want to be gassy. Um, so, yeah, you do, or you are a little bit more mindful of that when certain things are happening. Now, if it's just you and you know you're going home by yourself. And nobody going to be around. Oh, you eat all the ice cream and spicy food if you want. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but beyond do, that, do you? Yeah, I think it's not like it's not until you've been dating for a minute and you've done some things around each other that you're not embarrassed about anymore, or um, if you've been married for a while, you're just like, yeah, well, you know. <laughs> They already, they already got me for better or for worse, so it's not going to really matter. Yeah, it's going to be worse, honey. I'm, I'm sorry. I hate to break it to you, but it's going to be worse. Right. <laughs> so, you know, at that point, yeah, you're kind of used to it. But other than that, it is, uh, yeah. Um, if you're, like, it's a new, like, if you're just dating somebody, yeah, you don't really like If somebody did that to me, it was, like, a date or two in. I would be okay. You're kind of open a lot, a lot of stuff, so yeah. Could um, be worse. Huh? It could be worse. Yeah. I, I, you know, I will say that I try not to like uh, pass gas. Well, I'll, I'll try to be, I'll try to be uh, politically correct right now. I try not to pass gas in front of people when you know it's like first time out or at work, like at work. I try not to, just because, I, you know, I there's times when I, when, <laughs> we're being really honest tonight, there are times when I will pass gas and then go, oh, crap, <laughs> like, I guess myself out, okay? <laughs> so, like, I get it. I don't, I don't think that people want to, you know, they don't necessarily want to smell that. They don't want to be part of that. Uh, I get it. I don't know. 
I'm just, yeah, I, I guess it's just because uh, maybe maybe there's a difference between the way women are about that. Well, I don't know. I'm not a typical woman, so I can't say that either. <laughs> Never mind. I'm going to stop now while I can. Uh, yeah, no, well, I, I, <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, it all depends on who you are, uh, how comfortable you are with your natural um well, everybody poops. They even wrote a book about it. So I think I actually have the book. <laughs> I'm surprised they never had a song about it. I know they got everybody I know, poops. Right? I think they should to everybody poops. <laughs> well, that might be a song about that. Who knows? Everybody poops. Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Um, but no, that was the other interesting thing, Red. So yes, but getting on to the almanac, uh, like we said, it is February sixteenth. I feel every time I do the almanac, I, I feel like I'm going to mess it up. It's just to be honest with all of you, I usually have like a big, huge calendar in front of me because <laughs> I have to stay on track here. Uh, I think we had last week where it got a little bit off track, but I don't remember which day we went to. But anyway, uh, with it being the 16th, and I think we did give you a heads up last week about everything, but just to remind you, uh, it is National No One Eats Alone Day. It's also National Tartar Sauce Day. It is uh, the third Friday of February is National Caregivers Day. Uh, It is National Do a Grouch a Favor Day. Uh, National Almond Day. Tomorrow, it is National Red Sock Day. Uh, the reason for that, it is uh, to wear your socks on National Red Sock Day to help save a life and limb. Uh, leg health. Uh, did you know that leg health can indicate risk for heart attack, stroke, and amputation? Uh, one in five adults over the age of 60 have a condition called peripheral artery disease, uh, and many don't know it. Um, and I will tell you, uh, that one of the things is that, uh, it kind of strikes home for me, uh, because, uh, with what I went through, uh, one of the things that started in my leg. So, uh, definitely Red Sox Day tomorrow. Uh, February 17th is also National Cabbage Day. Uh, it is also one of my favorite days of the year, which I hope that more people do throughout the year, but it is National Random Acts of Kindness Day, uh, February 17th. And then February 18th, Sunday, is National Battery Day. Uh, like, wait, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's back up. Battery, like, as in things you put into electronics or battery as in, like, not correct. don't get arrested for battery? Yep, correct. <laughs> it is... Uh, it is, it is the day it serves to appreciate the convenience that batteries prove to our everyday lives. Um, we will be hard-pressed to find someone who doesn't benefit from a battery. Even those who live off mm. the grid have battery-operated devices such as a flashlight, radio, or watch. Um, so, yes, uh, there is... Or other personal devices, yes. Yes. Be careful if but, you bring them on planes. Yes, please do. There was a video that was out where I think someone's cell phone, uh, it was either the cell phone or the charger, caught fire. That's very scary. 10,000 
20,000 feet up in the air. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, you know what? I was thinking about that the other day because I was like, there are so many things that are combustible once you get up in the air. Uh, I made the mistake. I bought a soda and one of the things was I thought about it and I was like, ooh. And now when I buy a soda, if I buy one in the airport, I open it up before I get on my flight because going up, all of that pressure uh, could make it kind of come out a little bit. Actually, we was uh, last year, I was on a flight with my mom and my sister, and my sister bought a bag of chips, and I kid you not, while we were up in the air, I heard, like, a loud popping noise. And what happened was that the chips busted open. Wow. <laughs> And I think it was due to the cabin pressure. It just like it busted open on its own. Uh, we sat there. We were like, wow. So a lot of stuff going on when you fly, which is why I was like, it's, you know, you want to be careful of that. Uh, but yes, the National Battery Day is the batteries that you use. So the A double uh, <laughs> A. Actually, there is no A battery. It's just double A and triple A, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And then the C's and the D's and the nine volts and the, all the other good stuff. Right. Yeah. 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 I, I wouldn't know about nine volts. <clears throat> yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because generally Correct. the C's are jealous of the D's and the triple A's are jealous of the double A's. <laughs> yeah. Just, just get the ones that plug in. You're fine. Yes. <laughs> Remember back in the day, those old Radio Shack rechargeable batteries? Yes. Yes. It always had that strange smell to it, whatever. <laughs> and and also check your check check your remotes, just just because sometimes stuff corrodes after a while, and you're like you yes. don't realize it. Mhm. Mhm. Yep. Exactly. Uh, February 18th is also National Drink Wine Day. Uh, not like some of you need an excuse. But it's on I was going to say, I am down with that. <laughs> and February 18th is National Crab Stuffed Flounder Day. Ooh, so good. Um, February also 19th, down with that. <laughs> <yes>. <laughs> February 19th is National Arabian Horse Day. It's National Vet Girls Rise Day. Um, mm. I will... I guess I'll explain that for all of you. Uh, Mm -hmm. But on February 19th, National Vet Girls Rise Day recognizes the immense dedication of the nearly 2 million U.S. veteran women uh, on National uh, National Vet Girls Rise Day. Uh, Not only is it a day to recognize women veterans, but it's a day for women veterans to support one another and to share resources, build relationships, and spread awareness concerning the needs of women veterans. Um, And since the Revolutionary War, women have served in the armed forces. Uh, Many have not been recognized for their service. And today, the contributions of nearly 2 million women veterans deserve uh, deserve our acknowledgement. So uh, that is on Monday. Also, it's National Lash Day, Eyelash Day. In in other words, it's National Lash Day. Uh, Some people go overboard with it now because you can see the lashes before you see them. But hey, do you? Uh, well, some people like 
some people like to have that furry hug on their eye, on their faces. There's nothing wrong with it. No, there's nothing wrong. You 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 do you boo. Um, <laughs> it's also National Chocolate Mint Day on February 19th. Uh, President's Day here in the U.S. is third Monday of February, so that will be on Monday. And then on Tuesday, it is National Leadership Day. Uh, National Comfy Day. It's also National Muffin Day. Uh, I have a muffin top. Does that count? Sure. (laughs) (laughs) And I will get off that road because that could get very dirty very fast. That could get you in a lot of trouble. Yes, it can. So I'm going to keep on rolling. (laughs) I am not open top, though, so it's all right. Why are you making this hard for me to roll on? (laughs) (laughs) I'm just glad I did not say what I was going to say (laughs) before you said what you said. (laughs) I'll leave it to your imagination. Okay. Keep going. Uh, National Love Your Pet Day is also on February 20th. God, and that just follows up on it. It's also National Cherry Pie Day. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Uh, Of course it is. Of course it is. We all love muffins and we all love pie. This is where you start singing, cheese, not cheese, No. No, no. Because I'm going to no. get like an no, email. No, no. I'm going to get an email saying that I owe like $100 for the. <laughs> right, for the copyright. Yeah. February 21st, it is National Grain Free Day. That's very hard to do. Okay. Um, it is also National Sticky Bond Day. And then. February 22nd, next Thursday, it's National California Day, National Supermarket Employee Day, and mm. the, fourth Thursday, yeah, the fourth Thursday in February is also National Chili Day. Oh, chili. Fourth Thursday. Got it. Making yep. some chili. And who doesn't love a good chili? Uh, it is also National Cook a Sweet Potato Day. Mm-hmm. And February 22nd is if you needed to drink even more that week. It is National Margarita Day. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Well, with Sunday being National Wine Day, and then on the 22nd, that Thursday being National Margarita Day, uh, so you're going to have pretty... Please do not drink and drive. Yes, please do not. And then to give you a heads up for next Friday, next Friday is National Tile Day. And what we mean by that is the actual tile that you may uh, recognize as timeless elements of architecture and design. Um, Historically, only the wealthy could afford tile in their homes. Uh, The expense of handmade or small batch production meant tiles were difficult for an ordinary person to obtain, but um, that is the day that uh, National Tile Day it's also National Skip the Straw Day. Okay. Friday of February. Uh, for those of you, uh, of course, that has become a 
contentious thing over the last few years, but the coral keepers asked me to consider a different way on National Skip and Straw Day. Uh, for thousands of years, you can enjoy slurping the refreshing beverage through a uh, cylindrical tube. Uh, so, <laughs> um, the, I guess they said that the use of straws, uh, the I guess it, it says if Marvin Stone, the inventor of the first paper straw in 1888, were alive today, he might be shocked to know of the five large areas of the ocean called, I think it's gyres. I'm going to get that so wrong. Correct me if I'm wrong. But it's G-Y-R-E-S. That's where plastic uh, garbage collects. Mm-hmm. And uh, and they're worried because that straws and other plastics can cause harm to marine life. Uh, birds, fish, and other sea life consume plastics accidentally or when they mistake it for food as plastics don't biodegrade. Uh, they may break down to smaller and finer microscopic pieces, and when they break down, they produce uh, bisphenol A, or BPA, which interferes with the reproductive systems in marine life. So um, according to the National Park Service, Americans use 500 million drinking straws daily. So uh, National Skip Straw Day, that's potentially 500 million fewer straws that don't end up in landfills or the ocean. Hmm. Yes. Um, February, 20, yeah, February 23rd is also National Dog Biscuit Day, and it is National Banana Bread Day. Mm. So, Nothing wrong with good banana bread. Uh-huh. I had some yesterday. I had a banana nut bread yesterday, which was actually pretty good. So, yeah. So that is a look at the almanac coming up here over the next week. So margarita and wine on the <laughs> on the menu. Um, I'm going to do something weird tonight. I'm actually going to go to the first topic and go right into it because I, the topic was what it was, but it kind of made me stop and like look at it twice, especially with the time. So this past Sunday, if you watch the Super Bowl here, um, you know worldwide or here in the states, uh, the halftime entertainment was from Usher. Um, to know who you are, everybody has mixed feelings about how the halftime was, which always kind of happens. But um, he also had time while he was there to get married to his longtime girlfriend. Uh, Jen uh, Koshesia over Super Bowl weekend. Uh, but that wasn't what the attention that I saw and why we're talking about this first story here tonight. It was because he opens up about one of his true loves that all of us know in a new People magazine cover story. Uh, Usher, who's 45, spoke to the magazine about his intense romance with one of the singers from PLC, uh, Rosanda Chili Thomas, uh, whom he met when he moved to Atlanta from his home in Chattanooga, Tennessee, as a teenager. Uh, describing himself as someone who, quote, was always charming the older ladies, Usher said he was smitten when he first met Chili, who's now 53, who was seven years older than him when they began dating in 2001. He says, if I'm to be honest, I was her number one fan. She was my superstar, adding that he had Chili's poster on the wall in his childhood bedroom when he was eight years old. He said that, uh, he said, quote, man, that girl is so beautiful. One day I'm going to meet her, he recalled saying at the time. And although uh, meeting the woman of his dreams and getting a relationship with her was magical, he said that the affair ultimately fizzled because of differing priorities. 
He said that he was young, and she had very specific rules that didn't work for him. And she started, of course, a few of his videos. He said that they were really missing each other and that he did want to have a different type of relationship where she was there with him and she couldn't be. Um, despite the difficulties, he said, his plan to marry Chili went sideways. He says, I proposed and she told me no. I went through a great deal of pain after that, not trusting women or wanting to open up. I heard her too, he added, knowing that the split also broke his heart. Usher, now married for a third time, and Chili, who began dating actor Matthew Lawrence in 2022, reportedly remained friendly after the split. Uh, Chili previously told people that they were on and off for years after the breakup, reconnecting when they weren't dating other people, but Usher told the magazine that when it ended, he was done for good. Um, he says that they were cool with each other, but he was very careful with that. He says, I really didn't love that girl, and I was like, I don't want to play with you. Like, I can't have you what I gave you. I did everything, and I thought you would have wanted me to, but I guess my good wasn't good enough. Uh, but he says these days we're cool with each other, and it's always light when they see each other. Uh, of course, Usher dropped his new album coming home last week, uh, and, you know, uh, he's got a tour coming out of the road. But I kind of thought about it, and I was mm-hmm. like, yeah, I think you know where I'm going to go with this. For someone that just got married, the focus is on his previous relationship. Which mm-hmm. you would have thought that he kind of like talk about this current relationship with who he was now married to. And right. I think as your spouse or as his spouse, how are you feeling about that? Because now this is bringing back memories not only for him, but of fans of the both of them. Right. Uh, and unfortunately, there's no good answer to that. Because if she's uncomfortable with it, she could be labeled as being jealous because she's got him. They've got kids. Don't they have kids together? I want to say they have kids together. I think they do have um, kids together. Yeah. Um, but, like, she's she's got the ring on her finger. You know what I'm saying? So by saying that she's, that she's jealous of it would be a bad thing. However, I am a woman. I would be jealous of it. <laughs> Like, I don't care how secure I am in my relationship with someone. There's there's a point where you have to, and again, there's trust there. But it's still like, dude, it's over. It's done. Get off of it. You know, move on. We've, we've got this joyous occasion that we should be celebrating. And... I can't tell you whether or not he's going to get in trouble for it, but I know that I would be like, dude, you should have redirected the tactfully redirected that conversation back to the current relationship you have and how happy you are. There's, it's a double-edged sword, unfortunately. I know that's, yeah, and it sucks for the it sucks for him, and I get it. But I'm also friends with some of my exes, so um, my current relationship, if that ended with a ring, and that ended up being, you know, hey, we're married, I would hope that the trust would be there to be like, hey, yeah, she's still got some kind of relationship with her exes, but it's not the kind of relationship that we have. It's just they are friendly. And that brings up the whole, can you be friends with a, someone of the opposite sex? And I think you can, but you have to be mature about it as well. So it's, like I said, it's a double-edged sword. 
I can get very jealous about something, but then I also can step back and go, you know what? That was a big part of his life. Hmm. What do you do? Do you well, not answer and be like, no, sucks to be you? Because then you now you're rude or you're avoiding the question or, you know, right. it's weird. Yeah. Uh, it, it's one of those things where it's just like, you feel kind of bad for the wife because he's still sitting here talking about a past love that he had. <laughs> and it's mm-hmm. kind of like, it would be like, if, you know, whoever you were dating, uh, talking about, you know, previous flings that they had, they just got married to you. You're like, okay, <laughs> now I have mm-hmm. to sit here and hear this out and see it online. By the way, uh, this is totally off the record, but speaking of relationships, did you see what has kind of broken in the last 24 hours with the uh, host of Hot One, Sean Evans and his girlfriend, or ex-girlfriend now, Melissa Stratton, who is an adult star? No. What happened? So, so here's the thing. Um, and this is, and all this is allegedly, I'm covering myself here before we even go further. But, so, well, most of it's allegedly, most of it's kind of true, because Melissa did admit to all this. But uh, I guess they were in a relationship, and he has caught a lot of flack from a lot of adult stars online in the last 24 hours. But I guess they were dating, allegedly. And on Thursday, uh, there was a story that came out via TMZ that the pair had split because of the the fact that it was kind of now being talked about on social media. But here's the thing. They were spotted at the Super Bowl together. (laughs) And um, she, on Thursday, uh, reshared a news post about their split on her Instagram story, and she did as well as on X. And then she was like, okay, well, happy Valentine's Day to me with a high-rolling emoji. And she also shared a video of herself with an adult, another adult film star dancing hard to a rap song in a car, and she captured the clip, it's okay, I've got a better bald man to get spicy with. And um, she added two emojis, uh, seemingly referring to Evans' first TV show that features celebrities answering questions as they power through uh, spicy chicken wings. Now, reps for Stratton and Evans didn't immediately return page six's request for comment, but views of the pair's brief relationship broke, like I said, with sources telling TMZ, allegedly, that Evans and Stratton began uh, talking in the fall before meeting in person for the first time at the end of the year. The couple reportedly traveled everywhere together and even attended Super Bowl uh, uh, this year, as she's a huge Chiefs fan. Stratton tweeted about her experience at the big game with him as they watched his defeat the 49ers. However, come Valentine's Day, he reportedly and allegedly dumped Stratton because of the media attention over their romance. Insiders told TMZ that Evans wanted to keep his persona uh, private, but the relationship took a turn after she shared photos from last weekend's game. The adult performer was said to be surprised by the media personality's decision as he was fully aware of her job before they began dating. (laughs) So pretty much what it seems like or what it comes across as is that he wanted to kind of be on the down low. It comes out. There were comments from other um, pod hosts and everybody else talking about this, including someone who had previously dated her. And then mm-hmm. next thing you know, 
he's like, no, we can't do this, and pretty much broke up with. And every adult star has come out pretty much slamming uh, him for kind of like, hey, you want to date someone who was an adult star, but you just couldn't handle the heat. And he has taken a lot of flack over the last... You know what? Forget even getting a lot of flack. The fact that you... I don't even care that she's an adult star. You broke up with her because you got media attention? Shut up. Just shut up. That's done. Done. I, I, I'd i be done, too. I'm on her side. Fuck. Me, too. Sorry for swearing, but my goodness gracious, no, you're you're dumb. You're dumb. You wanted to keep it quiet? Why? Why do you want to keep something quiet? Why do you need to keep it a secret? you embarrassed? If you're embarrassed, then we're not dating. Right. Move it on. And if you're not embarrassed, then why are you breaking up with me? Exactly. And I was like, he knew what he was going to get to because not like he didn't know who she was. Right. It's not like she kept that hidden. Right. I think what happened, and like I said, this is just a guesstimate. I don't know them. I don't know their background. But from everything that I've read and until he comes out with what he says, it kind of seems like he wanted to just kind of keep it on the low, see where it went. But then the moment it all kind of came out and he caught flack from every side in order to maintain his, you know, um, his, I guess the word I'm looking for, um, his background or, you know, things of that nature. He was like, oh, no, I can't do this. And then probably just backed out. But I was like, that's not what you do. Own it, man. If I am a person and I'm like talking to and or dating an adult movie star, this one, <laughs> which I would not mind. Uh, Melissa Stratton is a very beautiful girl, um, but own it, man. That's what you mm-hmm. did. So I don't understand why, you know, at that point, if that was the case, that you all of a sudden was like, no, this can't be. I, I've got a show. I've got a ball. <laughs> you know, it is what it is. Now it makes it look even worse. It would be different in the timing of it. Couldn't have been worse. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it's just even if it wasn't that rationale or that reason. I don't like. I said I don't know. I'm not sitting here and claim to know. A lot of this is alleged until you hear from both sides. But based off of the things she has retweeted and tweeted, it seems like that that is what probably was the case. Because even it seems like she taken kind of by surprise by it and like I said um, she's not going to lie about it <laughs> so uh, it seems like that is kind of what happened and that's a shame if that did because you know you decided first of all that you wanted to talk to this person you hung out with them into like if you didn't want it to be known don't go to a Super Bowl and you know that your picture's probably going to be taken Right, yeah. On a freaking red carpet, for Pete's sake. So it was only going to be a matter of time before people ask who's that woman, you know? So dumb. Why are guys so dumb sometimes? Not all guys, but sometimes guys are dumb. Just don't understand. It it was, um, it was, I, I don't, like I said, when I read it, I was like, you could already tell what was happening. And like, you knew that 
he did it for that reason. Like I said, I don't know, but I know my something. That's how it feels, yeah. Is that how it feels? And I'm sorry, I got a clip out of place. So for that, you donkey. Yeah, so. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's what happened. But anyway, I digress. That was a story that we didn't even plan on talking about, but I just thought it was more interesting because of what happened this week. So, still ahead, uh, we're going to tell you about a lawsuit that is happening, and it's going to affect those that do dating apps. Um, And then we'll do a quick little run-through of some stories in the potpourri, and then a couple of after-dark stories, and uh, if we have time, a little bit of the uh, smoke gun files. We'll have Electro Mother of the Week coming up in just a couple of seconds, and also a look at what's trending. So, still got a lot going ahead, and we're almost an hour in. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's how fast this show goes. But we thank you for joining us on this Friday night. Retro Moment of the Week is next. And so, you know what? I'm actually going to – there's a commercial I was going to play, but I'm kind of, like, on the fence about it uh, in light of some things that have kind of happened this week. Um, Mm -hmm. So – kind of going to not play that one, but I've got a backup one. So we got a couple of retro moments a week. Uh, stay tuned. You're listening to page one here with our Mary here on Blog Talk Radio. Hank Aaron. Hank Aaron Baseball. Hank Aaron Baseball. Hank Aaron Baseball. Hank Aaron Home Run Baseball by Coleco. It's a whole new ball game. Kellogg's Pop Tarts. Eat them in the morning, eat them in the evening. Kellogg's Pop Tarts. Loads of flavors for big and little shavers. Kellogg's Pop Tarts. Try chocolate fudge. Chocolate vanilla cream too. Creamy frosting, both brand new. Try the ones with fruit inside. Real fruit filling, that's Kellogg's Pride. Kellogg's Pop Tarts. The ones with more. You're listening to Page One, Page One, with Lavar and Mary, your source for all the current topics and news you need to know. Here's Lavar and Mary. Welcome back to page one on this Friday night. A couple of quick things. Of course, that was uh, a commercial for Hank Aaron Baseball. Actually, pitchers and catchers reported this week uh, for Major League Baseball, which means uh, it is that time of year again. (laughs) Um, And also, the Pop-Tarts commercial was because this week we learned that William Bill Post, the inventor of the Pop-Tart, passed away at the age of 96. Uh, He worked as the plant manager for the Michigan-based Heckman Biscuit Company, later known as Keebler, 
Uh, Kellogg's asked the company to create a new breakfast product that could go into the toaster, and thus came Pop-Tarts. So, yeah. And I get silenced. <laughs> I love Pop-Tarts. I'm sorry. I... <laughs> <laughs> Darn you, technology! <laughs> I thought you were eating a pop tart. That's okay. <laughs> oh, I love pop tarts. What's your favorite? Because I know I have a weird favorite. By the way, before I forget this week, uh, some celebrity birthdays on the horizon. Uh, today is actually the 67th birthday uh, for. Uh, he was. I did not notice, but he was born Lavardus Robert Martin Burton Jr., but we know him as LeVar Burton. Oh. Well, that's neat. Yes. yes. Uh, today is a 67th birthday for him. Uh, it is also, um, let's see whose birthday is coming up. I know there's like a few uh, among them. Is also today the seventy? I'm sorry, oh Sunday, Sunday or Monday, Sunday actually, uh, the seventy third birthday of actress Sybil Shepherd, seventy three. Wow. Uh, then on Sunday is the seventieth birthday of one John Travolta. Like he's looking old though. No offense. <laughs> and, uh, also, uh, two other birthdays of note. Sunday will be the 67th birthday for Vanna White, uh, for those who watch Will of Fortune, the American version. Wee- and then for us 80s kids, you got to feel a little old, but turning 56 on Sunday, oh, my favorite redhead of all time, Molly Ringwald. <laughs> Wow. Yep. Wow. Yeah, okay. I am officially old. I mean, I was officially old like 10 years ago, but I'm officially old. Mm-hmm. Interesting note about her. In 1978, at the age of 10, uh, she was chosen to play Kate in the West Coast production of Annie. Uh, she appeared on the TV series Different Strokes. Uh, and was selected to become part of the large cast of what became of that show spin-off, The Facts of Life. Uh, she played Molly Parker uh, at Eastland, and uh, when the show underwent a major revamp in the second season, uh, she, along with um, other castmates, were replaced. Her replacement was of a young lady whose name was Nancy McKeon, who went on to become the character named Joe. <laughs> That's interesting. Yes. Wow. Yes. Okay. Like, I find out the new, the neatest stuff on the show. Just saying. <laughs> and now you know the rest of the story. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> there is a limit, though. I ruined it. Um, (laughs) That from Molly Ringwald herself. She said that's what happened. So, um, 
So for those of you who use dating apps, um, it seems that we can't even use things now without people like wanting to <laughs> put a lawsuit out because it just probably didn't work for them or they didn't know how to use it. But this story comes as Match Group was sued on Wednesday in a proposed class action claiming that its dating apps, which include Tinder, Hinge, and The League, are designed to addict users, generating more profit for the company rather than helping them to establish relationships. The plaintiff said that Match's predatory business model defrauds those looking for love and fearful of missing out an algorithm that rewards, quote, compulsive use of its platforms and entices them to pay hundreds of dollars a year for subscriptions. Match employs features to, quote, gamify the platforms to transform users into gamblers, lock them to a search for psychological rewards that Match makes elusive on purpose, according to the complaint filed in federal court in San Francisco. The six plaintiffs who live in California, Florida, Georgia, and New York called this inconsistent with Match's ad slogan and that its apps are, quote, designed to be deleted. In a statement, Match rejected the plaintiff's claims. It says this lawsuit is ridiculous and has zero merit. Our business model is not based on advertising or engagement metrics. We actively strive to get people on dates every day off our apps. Anyone who states anything else doesn't understand the purpose and mission of our entire industry. Uh, Match Chief Executive Bernard Kim told analysts on January 31st that the Dallas-based company adopted, quote, a fast fail mentality to move on from features that don't work and that Tinder and Hens are using artificial intelligence to improve users' experiences. The lawsuit resembles a slew of litigation accusing Google parent Alphabet, Facebook and Instagram parent Meta platforms, TikTok parent ByteDance, and Snapchat parent group of knowingly designing features to addict millions of children to their platforms. Uh, a July 22nd or July 2022 survey by Pew Research Center found that one in 10 American adults who are married living with partners or in a committed romantic relationship met their significant others on dating sites or apps. But if the apps work, many people will likely stop using them, reducing revenue for the companies behind them. Uh, the plaintiff said that match counteracts this with benefits such as the ability to like an unlimited number of profiles, but that those often lead to breadcrumbing or ghosting, where users receive empty messages that fail to build relationships. Uh, that lawsuit on Wednesday accused match of negligence and violating several state consumer protection laws, uh, seeks unspecified damages for people who paid to use Tender, Hinge, or the League in the last four years. It also seeks new warnings about the risk of addiction and removal of the, quote, designed to be deleted language. Um, here's the thing, and I know we have another story on this, and I'll save it for another day, of other ways that people are now meeting each other. But do those who are in this, uh, um, I guess, this predicament, do they have a case to stand on? I mean, I guess maybe, possibly. Um, the issue comes down to, though, it's a dating app. Like, I mean, I hate to break it to you, but you're going to, it's just like, it's dating on steroids. You're going to have to kiss a lot of frogs before you find your prince, you know? Um, I know that's <laughs> it's kind of a weird way of saying it, but you signed up on a dating app. You you weren't planning on finding your perfect love in the first five minutes, were you? You're going to have to do that. Now, I don't know if I, I've never used Match because it's a subscription service and I never had to use it. Um, but if you have to pay for it, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I, 
I've used dating sites, but I've never used a dating site where I had to pay for anything. And I ended up meeting through other means. I didn't even need to use, like the dating site did get deleted because I didn't need it anymore, <laughs> you know? Um, but I also went in it with a with a clear head. I knew exactly what I was looking for and most of those but most of the and most of the people I ended up talking to were the ones that were like, "Hey, so uh what are you doing in 5 minutes cuz I got, you know, like a half an hour before my wife gets home." <laughs> um and it's like, "Yeah, no, thanks." Um it could also be like, you know, just a wham bam thank you ma'am kind of thing. Not what I was looking for. So I don't know. I, it's just it's a weird it's a weird mix. Yes, they probably do have a leg to stand on, but then no, because it's a dating app. Like you knew what you were getting into, right? They, they have <laughs> to. I would think so. Um, you would you would think, right? Were they thinking I'm they were guaranteed sure. finding somebody there? Hmm. Because if that's all, if you're putting all your eggs in one basket, then that's your fault. Right. I would hope that they're not relying on just that to find someone and think that being on that is going to lead to their total happiness. Because if you're relying on a website or an app to do that for you, then yeah, that's, let's just be honest. That's not going to happen. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. it's like one and I don't know what the odds are of someone finding someone for life off of an app. Uh, only because there's too many people out here that play games online and mm-hmm. are you're going to run across those people and you have to kind of like filter through them. And I mean, if you were able to find somebody within the day one of using an app, I'd love to know who you are because it's, it's very rare. Odds are just very mm-hmm. rare. So, yeah, but, um, but we'll see, and we will probably learn more about that lawsuit as it goes down the pipeline here and as it goes from uh, different statuses. But uh, the minute we find out any updates, we'll definitely let you know. Um, going into the potpourri section here for a minute, actually, on the opposite side of that, I can tell you one way in which you don't have to uh, uh, meet anybody. But here's an interesting story here from Illinois. Uh, a man who was down on his luck after a recent breakup ended out with Lady Luck on his side. He won a million dollars on an Illinois lottery scratch-off ticket. He says, after I scratched the winning ticket, I completely panicked. Uh, He's requested to remain anonymous. He says, I immediately felt my life change. I almost didn't go to work. According to a release for the Illinois lottery, the winning ticket was a Monopoly 50X scratch-off that was purchased uh, in Northlake. He says he was going crazy keeping this million-dollar secret. He says, I don't have a special someone to share my big news with because my girlfriend and I broke up three days before I bought the winning ticket. You can say I haven't had much luck in the love department, but that's all right because now I really hit the jackpot. Uh, it's encouraged that all winners, of course, might be able to back the ticket to keep it in a safe place until they're ready to claim their prize. Uh, but how about that for a breakup and a few days later winning a million bucks? <laughs> Congratulations to him, you know, like, hey, I hope that you have fun with your million dollars. Buy a boat or a truck <laughs> or whatever. You know who the bad luck goes there. 
you know, you know. Great. This story, I don't know how I feel. As we get along and deeper into sustainable food, uh, but Korean scientists have come up with an astonishing new type of lab-grown rice, one that's packed with animal protein. Uh, The rose-tinted spectacle has hungry tongues wagging in the sustainable food community after researchers successfully showed they have been able to infuse raw grains with beef and cow fat cells. The bulked-up rice was then covered in fish gelatin before being seeded with skeletal muscle and fat stem cells and left to grow in a controlled laboratory environment, according to The Guardian. Just 9 to 11 days later, the mature grains were found to contain both fat and meat, transforming the mostly carb into a more nutritious and flavorful dish. Uh, When cooked, the rice retains its traditional appearance, but carries a unique blend of aromas, including a slight nuttiness and umami, which are characteristic of meat, according to the project lead. Uh, They said that they hope that this new kind of pink protein will find its place on dinner tables as an affordable source of nutrition, one with a tiny carbon footprint, as traditional beef becomes more expensive and people opt for other protein sources. While it does not exactly replicate the taste of beef, it offers a pleasant and novel flavor experience, according to them. We tried it with various accompaniments, and it pairs well with a range of dishes. Um, the team published their findings in the journal Matter, stating that their accomplishment could go forward, making it possible to ensure a sufficient food supply, calling their creation a new complete meal. Uh, some experts, though, aren't so quickly convinced. The product is still basically rice and would be used to replace rice or other carbohydrate sources of meal. Uh, for replacing meat, the percentage of the protein in the final product would need to be higher. Uh, the finished product is just 0.5% meat and 99.5% rice. Uh, but that didn't stop Neil Ward, a professor of rural and regional development at the University of East Anguilla, from expressing enthusiasm over the project's potential impact. Um, so uh, producing 100 grams of beef protein can require roughly 50 uh kilograms of carbon dioxide by comparison 100 grams of the protein in hybrid rice will release under 6.5% of the global carbon gas. Affordability can also become a selling point at $2.23 per kilogram of rice compared to $14.32 for beef. Uh, future versions of the rice can also be produced using other cheaper types of meat and fish protein. <laughs> um, are you at all Why do I feel like I'm starting to become a part of the matrix? I'm going to have that stupid, like, weird goop stuff that they have that tastes like, that looks like cream of wheat. I just, I I, I see Skynet taking over, that's AI, and then we got matrix with the the food proteins and amino acids all in one little thing, and please tell me I'm going to, like, (laughs) ooh, that's not morbid. Please tell me I'm going to pass away before the stuff takes over. <laughs> <laughs> There's no long-term, um, you know, of what eating that would be chowder, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. Right. I don't know. I'm, I mean, okay, global hunger, that would be stuff. helpful for global hunger, but I just, uh, I, I feel like I'm being like a, a Debbie Downer at this point, but, hmm. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. How about you all try it first? You come back and tell me. 
Um, yeah, when you get that third eye and it opens up and stares at me, then I'll know not to eat that extra rice, beef rice. Right. And then from Australia, how about this? Uh, the article states Australia could soon allow workers to ignore office calls and emails outside of contracted hours. Um, so according to this, Australia's Senate passed a bill on Thursday giving employees, quote, the right to disconnect after work and ignore emails and calls from their bosses during their personal time. The bill will now return to the House of Representatives for final approval. Employees would have the right to, quote, refuse to monitor, read, or respond to contact or attempt to contact from an employer outside of the employee's working hours unless the refusal, refusal is unreasonable, uh, an amendment put forward by Australian Greens Party said. A dispute between the employee and employer regarding a refusal could be reported to Australia's Fair Work Commission to make a final decision according to the amendment. Uh, the world is connected, but that has created a problem, according to Tony Work, who is the Minister for Employment and Workplace Relations. Uh, he put, said this in an interview with Australia's national broadcaster. He says, if you're in a job where you're only paid for the exact hours that you're working, some people are now constantly in a situation of getting in trouble if they're not checking their emails it being expected to be working for a whole lot of time that they're not being paid, that's just unreasonable. Several European countries, including France and Belgium, already have similar legislation in place. France first introduced the, quote, right to disconnect law in 2017, which forced companies with over 50 employees to negotiate with staff about when they can ignore emails and phone calls. Kenya is also one of the first African countries seeking to implement an equivalent law. Um, interesting. In which it doesn't really, I guess, affect a lot of people, but a lot of people probably in upper management type jobs or uh, high-end type jobs is where sometimes they're a little bothered afterwards. But let's say you two who are like that probably get it here. It shouldn't have been. Uh, okay. I am a firm believer in the fact that you should not have to have a law. Like if I am paid between the hours, like I'm contracted to work 40 hours a week, 52 weeks a year, you know, or 50 weeks a year because I get two weeks vacation. I am not going over that, and I don't care. Like, that should have, that should be, that should be automatic. Why are people being this way? Like, there are so many, like, TikToks and shorts and, and reels that I see where people are like, yep, I'm not working. It's past 5 o'clock, and that's, well, why aren't you working? You should be working. No, 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 I should not be. No, I should not be. And that, that should be standard across the board. There should not have to be written into law that that's happening. But mm. bravo for writing it into law because obviously it needed to be. So, yeah. I, 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 bravo. And then a bonus story for you here. Uh, the topic on how, uh, well, it says here's what people lie most often about and how it ruins mental health. Uh, people tend to lie to make themselves feel better or to spare themselves shame or rejection instead of to protect someone else's feelings, according to a new study. Researchers at the University of Twente, that's T-W-E-N-T-E, and I hope I spelled that or pronounced that correctly, in the Netherlands, ran four experiments to determine if liars experienced psychological consequences such as lower self-esteem and negative feelings, uh, nervousness, regret, comfort, or unhappiness. In one test, participants were tasked with keeping track of their lying behavior for one day. 
a full 22% told a self-centered lie, 8% told a lie to protect someone else, and 69% reported not lying that day. The study findings were published last month in the British Journal of Social Psychology, and in another experiment, volunteers were presented with one of eight dilemmas. Four were self-centered and four were labeled other-oriented. Here's an example of a self-centered situation. You're at a job interview. You're being asked if you have experience with a relevant aspect of the job, which you haven't. And then in the other-oriented situation, your friend is very happy about her new dress. You don't like it. Nearly 42% of the participants lied in the self-centered situation, whereas about 46% told a lie when faced with an other-oriented dilemma. Both sets of liars reported lower self-esteem and more negative feelings compared to the truth-tellers. In another test, volunteers were asked to share a dilemma they had experienced. Participants who were asked to recall a situation in which they lied reported to have experienced lower self-esteem after the situation compared with participants who were asked to recall a situation in which they did not lie. Uh, In the final test, though, volunteers recorded their lying behavior over five days. Participants told a lie 45% of the time, with 22% reporting that they had lied each day and 19% claiming that they had not lied on any day, which I don't believe that 19% because they probably lied about that. Uh, <laughs> I'm glad you did that because I was going to According to researchers, um, everybody stretches or lies at certain points. Um, surprised by that? Not at all. I'm surprised at the 19%, honestly, because I don't believe them. They probably <laughs> lied about that. 100%. If you hadn't have said that, I would have said it. Um, no, I'm not surprised. I'm also not surprised that people end up feeling a little bit, um, what was it, uh, they felt more stressed or yeah. what have you after telling the lie. I'm not surprised about that either. Um, who hasn't stretched the truth during a, a, a an interview? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Especially with you kind of have the experience, but just not as much as you think they're looking for. Uh, yeah. Right. It, it's not, no, it's not surprising at all. <laughs> uh, always interesting. And I'm telling uh, you the truth. Yes. Well, taking a look at uh, what is trending tonight, um, it is Friday night, so of course here in the States, um, we have a uh, SmackDown, which is trending. Uh, also, um, trending tonight is, um, uh, along with some sports, it's NBA All-Star Weekend here. Uh, so the Rising Stars game was tonight. Uh, the Celebrity Game was tonight. I think they played on a court, and I did not get a chance to watch it. That was like an LED court, which was, I heard, pretty cool. Um, it won't be used in the actual game, but... Um, that is one of the things that's trending tonight from a sports standpoint. So it's kind of like, once again, sports kind of slows down this weekend because everybody is going to be uh, watching that. Also, from a news standpoint um, today, uh, it was reported, and I know it kind of came back. I know a lot of people were watching about former President Donald Trump uh, found liable in New York of bad business practice, and I do believe he had to pay or he is ordered to pay upwards of some $354 million and is not able to uh, run a business in the state of New York for three years. 
Uh, his sons each were fined a little bit over $4 billion and cannot run any business in the state of New York for two years. So uh, more and more issues kind of happening uh, along the way for the former president. Um, also, uh, trending tonight, why is that? I do not know. Why. Oh, well, we do know now uh, GoFundMe is trending tonight. It's for the reason that I just stated. <laughs> for that reason, why GoFundMe is trending tonight. So uh, it's Friday night, but those are some of the things that are kind of Tell me there. there's not a GoFundMe to help him out. <laughs> I don't know, but it's trending now. And I oh, doubt no. It. I don't even know if there could be one. I think there could be. There's some, started, there's some people started, out there. It says someone started one, um, and people have actually contributed to it. Um. <laughs> I'm not actually surprised. I don't. I don't know what I was. But expecting. here's the thing: it already hit raised a little bit over eleven thousand dollars. Well, you know. Hey, that's eleven thousand that he doesn't necessarily have to pay now, does it? Is it for him or his sons, though? That's the yeah, that's the other question. Him. It'd be for him. And somebody was saying that everyone who voted for him donated five dollars. He could fund the entire judgment and send a message to all corrupt judges around the country. <laughs> of course, because all judges mm-hmm. are corrupt. Yes. Here we you can't have, no, I'm not going to start. I was going to say, you just can't have all of these these legal things falling at you and say on every one that it's everybody else and not you. It's kind of like, yes, you can. That's called narcissism. Yes, you can. <laughs> yes, like you can. And they say, oh, you know, the whole world's against me. I was like, at some point, you've got to take responsibility for maybe it's something that you're doing. Something no, that you, you don't. <laughs> no, no, because you're perfect. Stop it. Ask any uh, narcissist. <laughs> you're perfect. I don't understand. I, I just, I don't. Uh, never, ever. And, and yeah, <laughs> I just can't. Anyway, I'm not even going to start on that. Um, so we've gone through those things. I, I feel like. The after dark really isn't after dark. I mean, it, it, it kind of isn't like the racier things that we probably talk about, more or less. Um, no, we can make it racy, though. Just give me a minute. Uh, yeah, I could probably get there. <laughs> so what we'll do, while she's thinking of a racier way to think about that, we'll give you an additional retro moment of the week, and we'll be right back with some after dark topics here on page one. I can be any kid on the block. Oh, yeah? Yeah. They're slugging it out. A left to the jaw, and... Oh, my block is knocked off. But you can press it right back on. It's Rock'em Sock'em Robot. Press this lever. He throws a right. The other a left. Knock his block off. You're the winner. Well, next time. You can Rock'em Sock'em with the Rock'em Sock'em Robots by Marks. So if you really want to... Rock 'em sock 'em tonight. Uh, <laughs> you never know, you might. <laughs> uh, yes, uh, but there's always after dark here to treat you. Um, so, oh, I guess should I do the warning? 
I mean, it really Yeah, is. always do the warning just in case. <sighs> that way nobody can get on your case about it. You never know. They're getting on your case about dating apps because they couldn't find the love of their life. So you might want to just say it. <laughs> well, I guess we'll do it now. And, and I should have probably given you all a heads up warning. But anyway, uh, the following topic, so the next two minutes are those of a uh, adult nature. If you have any kitties in the room with you, uh, you might want them to go and play some video games, but list of discretion is advised. So <laughs> that, that's covered. Uh, the first one uh, tonight in the After Dark Conversation explains if love at first sight is real. Um, so according to this article, there's six signs to know if someone is hot for you. Um, and they say that love is blind, but the eye may beg to differ. And if you're meeting the flirtatious gaze of a potential paramour from across a crowded room, is it just the cliche stuff of fairy tales and rom-coms? In fact, becoming madly, hopelessly, and endlessly swept up in a world when romance can happen in the literal blink of an eye, according to a body language expert who often sees lifelong lovebirds flying into forever after one magical glance. And they said that love at first sight happens when a hugely complex computer-like process occurs in a matter of seconds, coming up with the emotional equivalent of a jackpot. Uh, this is from Judy James, who's a physical communication savant for the UK. How does one get a job doing that? Um, <laughs> Hit me up, dude. I'm down. Right. Uh, she says, instant love is usually based on thousands of memories that occur in our lives. All the, quote, ideal personality traits, visual stimulus, and role models that uh, we've got stored away will suddenly seem to be encompassed in this one person that we're looking at. Um, a January 2023 report from the Cleveland Clinic noted that love at first sight is a legitimate psychological phenomenon in which a person's feel-good hormones, such as dopamine and uh, oxytocin, surge through the body, signaling to the brain that it's found the one. Now, uh, the sentiments were also echoed in a recent survey of over 2,000 adults led by optometry specialists at spec servers who determined that 59% of love at first sight couples are still together. Uh, per the findings of that number, 19% of those relationships have lasted more than 40 years. And there's apparently no one-size-fits-all sensation when Cupid aims forward strikes the pupils. Research commissioned by one poll discovered that 47% of love at first sight pairs reported feeling an overwhelming attraction upon catching an initial glimpse of the apples of their eyes. An eye-popping 36% recall not being able to look away after getting an arousing eyeful. A swarm of internal butterflies immediately overcame a little more than 35%, while 31% remembered feeling an immediate sense of comfort and ease. Um, so do you believe, with all of those things, that there is love at first sight? Um, no. I believe in lust at first sight, and then that that interest in the lust at first sight um, turns into love, um, but I don't believe that, you know, it's immediate. I believe in interest and lust at first sight. That's what I believe in. I don't think it's immediate love because I think love takes time and effort and years of cultivation to be able to look at somebody and say, I love you, and mean it, regardless of, like, romantic love 
or familiar love. So um, familial love. It, I, the only thing that I can think of that would be love at first sight would be, and I, I wouldn't even call it first sight, is um, like birth of your child. Maybe for a father and the birth of their child would be love at first sight. Because, like, I love my kiddo at the the moment that I knew she existed. So that I didn't even have to see her. That was immediate. Um, but that'd be the only thing. But, like, romantic love at first sight? No. I think lust, interest, absolutely. And that could depending on how strong that interest and that and that is could turn into love because that interest brings you back to that person. Absolutely. I'm kind of splitting hairs. I, I think it's a lust, not a love. Well, here's the thing for that article too that did not tell you. There was six signs of love at first sight, one of which was distance mirroring which is if you're at a party or a bar with friends and you spot someone mirroring your pace and style of movement as you're chatting, it's a sign they're falling in love at first sight. Preening, uh, while it might not be obvious to talking behavior like chest puffing or splaying, but some subtle lingering touches to their hair, neck or shoulders can also be an indicator. The eye flick, which is where eye contact, when you're talking here with your eyes flickering down to your lips and back to your eyes is another indicator they're interested in you. It could either be the cue for a kiss, the ignore, where if they're engaged through eye contact for several minutes and suddenly sit back and start looking around the room, they might be trying to regain your attention. Uh, the cat and mouse flirt ritual could be a sign that they're interested in you. Or the cat smile, because cats smile with their eyes, and so can you if someone is allowing their eyes to narrow and crinkle slightly into an eye smile. Uh, the soft expression registers uh, flattering, approval, and attraction. It might also be a sign that they are attracted to you and maybe falling in love at first sight. Or the eye drag, where you're looking at them and they began responding with eye contact. If they're dropping their eyes and chin downward for a second or two and then bringing them up while reinstating the eye contact and smiling softly, it's a strong indicator of their interest and maybe something even deeper. I swear that was probably the same thing as a couple of the things I just said, but hey, what do I know? Uh, (laughs) But... Yeah, I don't. I think it's lust for at first sight. I don't know if it's like love at first sight. It's very rare. right, and and it could be interest. Like it could be it could be genuine interest, and not like lust. Like hey, I want to get you in bed, but genuine interest. I want to see you again. You know, it doesn't necessarily have to be that, but I don't think it's love, love, like romantic love. I know that's splitting hairs, but it is what I think. Right. So yeah. So no, it's uh, I think it's close to that. I don't I don't think it's uh, yeah, I'm kind of going with that. Um, there was one other article I was trying to find, and and I want to say I'm going to get to the next story here in a second because it was one of the ones that we were kind of eating all night. Um, but I think it was about um, it was about. Uh, astrological signs and which astrological signs uh, had for the uh, opportunity for the most sex and I have to probably say I think it was 
my fellow Aquarians. No. <laughs> Don't hate. No, nothing <laughs> wrong with that. I'm not hating. I'm jelly. Like, I was thinking, son, one of those times. I'm just saying we're highly intelligent and attractive people. So I'm saying. Libra should be number two. Wait, who should be number two? Libras. Okay, yeah, I agree. I agree. There we go. Libras and Aquarians. <laughs> we know a couple. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, yeah, so that was uh, one of the other things. But anyway, I wanted to get to the story because this was actually quite interesting. But a calculator can determine your chance of finding the one based on your sexiness. Um, so thanks to the smarts of several savvy uh, scientists, ill star singletons can now successfully apply the secret special something that's been missing in their listless love lives, math. It says, are we truly alone in the universe? Most importantly, you know, were you alone on Valentine's Day? Uh, but the... Investigative Trio are the masterminds behind the Drake Equation for Love Calculator, a tool to help the spouseless find, quote, the one. Now, the calculator estimates the number of potential perfect partners based on your preferences. This, according to the uh, September 2023 report via Omen Calculator. And if you're wondering whether you'll be able to find a partner, it's boy, they have a tool for you. Uh, implementing the Drake Equation, which is a formula theorized by the rapper Drake, so by physicist Frank Drake in 1961 to estimate the probability of alien life in the Milky Way, uh, the team created the virtual form for the haplessly lonely to complete. The analysis, too, found that their findings on a 2010 study commissioned by UK researcher Peter Backus, who's then 31, who sought to determine the size of his dating pool within London city limits. Using the equation, he discovered that over 10,500 local women met his criteria. However, after calculating whether those would be, um, you know, immortals that would find him handsome and charismatic, the tens of thousands dwindled down to a puny 26 potential people. Uh, he ultimately met and married his perfect match. So at that time, that's when they came up with it. And the users of the Drake Equation for Love calculator are initially asked to input their location and to rate their perceived attractiveness as well as gregariousness on a scale ranging from one to five, one being very low, five being quite high. Um, they say it's best to be honest when answering the question. If unsure, ask a good and honest friend or a stranger to this coffee shop. Next, partnerless people, which according to the U.S. Census Bureau is well over 14 million, including the hordes of unhitched folks looking for love. Um, uh, there's a New York story about how they do that, but they do it through money. Uh, New York actually has been ranked as one of the worst cities for love. <laughs> uh, wannabe sweeties indicate their dream lover's gender, age, desired level of education, sexiness, and then it matches you up. So pretty much, I want to be honest with you, I took this thing. Um, I'm not sure if you had a chance to take it yet. Uh, I did. The, you did? Mm-hmm. Okay. So pretty much um, – and I'm going to try to find my uh, results here because I had them earlier. But I did it. And the calculator for me 
well, now I lost it. So, <laughs> no, I did, I did, uh, I, this is live radio, folks, I can't, yeah. Um, I did it earlier, and I actually did take a screenshot of it, so because I, I knew that type of thing was going to happen when we came around to this. So, uh, pretty much for me, I think it said something to the fact that the number of potential partners was 75,978. The percentage chance of finding love was 0.6%, but it said it's 2.3 times more likely that you'll find your true love as there being an alien civilization within a thousand light years from Earth. <laughs> wow. Okay. How did, how did, How did I fare? Uh, my potential partners were 23,301. Um, my percentage of finding love was 0.8%, which is kind of funny because I have, so that's all right. Um, and it's 2.9 times more likely that I'll find my true love as there being an alien civilization. <laughs> and I was like, you got to be kidding me. <sighs> But That's yeah, so there you go. Twenty-three thousand okay. and one. <laughs> <laughs> Just need that one. And one. <laughs> and one. <laughs> nice. <coughs> well, that's still good odds. I mean, I guess yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lot of people to sift through. Uh, (laughs) I will say, though, um, something that has uh, something that has occurred to me just recently, um, along with, you know, like how how everybody has things that they find attractive in other people. um, Mm -hmm. I never really put my finger on it until recently, but I do find and I'm going to say this as intelligence, but it doesn't necessarily mean you have to be smart. But maybe it's wisdom more than intelligence. I don't know. Or a combination of the two. That's really attractive to me versus, like, a big strong man. Hmm. So, so that was something that I was like, oh, I, I never really, like, sat down and went, yeah. That's something I find attractive, but there you go. That's something I find attractive. <laughs> right. <laughs> Interesting. Right. Um, and uh, oh, I did find that article. Uh, the four zodiac signs, according to this, that they said that will have the most sex in 2024. Um, and. It says here, according to a survey data provided by the uh, the dating site Match, four of the star signs uh, at the top of the list here. Um, Aquarius, according to this, the water bearers, me including one of them, are experiencing the highest rates of intimacy, with 52% of Aquarians reporting having sex multiple times per month. That could be attributed to Aquarius folks having a very broad definition of what sex is or can be, whether it is uh, self-pleasure, solo or mutual, uh, simulation, VR, uh, dry humping, it says, in a furry suit, 
Open minds and emotional objectivity are hallmarks of these fixed air signs who consequently are usually willing to welcome the weird and entertain the unexpected in both partners and scenarios and to keep a healthy roster of hookups in their orbit. Uh, Next on the list was Aries, people between March 21st and April 19th, uh, as they tend to be direct about their desires, which serves to explain the second place standing at 50%, uh, 50% having reported having plenty of sex per calendar month owing to their athletic energy and unbridled enthusiasm. Aries tends to view sex as a sport rather than a sensual merging of souls. Uh, post-coital high fives are a common STI test group. Unbound from emotional expectations or strict definitions, sex becomes a great way for them to burn calories and expedite exploration. Uh, next on the list was Virgos, uh, those between August 23rd and September 22nd. Uh, it says that Virgos are some of the freakiest folks around. <laughs> of ritual and service, Virgos view sex as their daily bread right alongside uh, probiotics, sourdough, and dental hygiene. Uh, as a service-oriented side, they are deeply vested in the pleasure of others, making them excellent, if not super experimental, sexual partners. Uh, ruled by Mercury and bound to the earth, the acts of sexual Congress takes them out of the hum of the mind and into the rhythm of the body. Um, and then Capricorns, those between December 22nd through January 19th, uh, were in fourth place. Um, so it says here that they don't hesitate to state their needs and or initiate uh, carnality. Uh, they like to go multiple rounds with the same partner in the same session, believing they can get ahead of the sex itch and use the condensed experience as a memory reserve to get them through their work week. Um, but yeah, that was the top four on that list. It did not say what the other ones were. <laughs> wow. But Libras. What? Come on. Libras. Gotta work on this. Gotta work on this. I don't know, Libras. You gotta get back on it. <laughs> but I believe in you. <laughs> I believe it all sides. I don't know if there's we just, really. We just need to practice time. more. That's all. Oh man, there's something I was gonna say. <laughs> practice makes perfect. I was gonna say it. Well, you know, us Aquarians, we're at fifty-two percent. <laughs> Uh (laughs) But uh, also within that whole thing of the adult conversation also was this. It says that great sex with a new partner can be a glaring red flag. Be extremely careful, according to experts. It says if you're having the best sex of your life with a new and exceptionally giving partner, congratulations. But quietly between the fireworks shows, perhaps you're wondering what's the catch. It says, listen to that small voice, according to uh, psycholo- yeah, psychologists, this is your red-hot lover could actually be a red-hot relationship flag. That's because the dream partner so attentive to your needs right now may, in fact, be a raging narcissist about to expose their true colors, according to the Daily Mail. Because narcissists crave uh, admiration. They say that sex is one of the personality type's major tells. They often wind up very eager to please between the sheets. And beware of tipping your own hand. 
letting a narcissist sweep you off your feet with their horizontal mambo skills. Broadcast to them that you're vulnerable to control. A quick test, do you get the same amount of loving attention at the breakfast table as you do in the boudoir? If not, you may have already fallen into the narcissist trap, according to Dr. Ramani Dervasla, who's a clinical psychologist and author. He says that some people will say, quote, this relationship is a nightmare, but for the sex, they'll say sex is great, but this person is horrible to me, and they're callous, and they're cold, and dismissive, and they're unempathetic, but they're really good in bed. And he says, this is why this can be hot and heavy one minute and completely neglectful the next, because it's not about intimacy, it's about control. He says, they, uh, they use you when they need something and put you back on the shelf when you're done. Furthermore, experts warn that a narcissist's tendency to blow hot and cold can impact the brain on a cellular level. Uh, he says, when you're in their world, your brain is flooded with dopamine and oxycontin, giving you pleasure and a sense of intimacy. But when they turn their back on you emotionally, the brain then goes into withdrawal, causing distress and anxiety. Um, so, yeah, it goes on about that. And other slides to look for that you might be headed for trouble include uh, exceptionally performative sex with a porny vibe, P-O-R-N, porny vibe. He says, very look-at-me sex. Um, true or false to the doctors? <laughs> uh, you know, I, I, I believe that. I, 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 would, I don't have any kind of experience. Well, I have experience, but not that kind of experience with it. But, um, yeah, I believe that. I believe that that would be completely true. Narcissism has to do a lot with control and being able to be the center of whoever world because in their mind they are the center of the universe. Um, so, yeah, that would, you know, it's love bombing at its best. But that's only if it's great, but then you turn around and they're kind of like a cat where it's like they got what they wanted and then it's like go away. <laughs> but if it's like attention afterwards then there's no really bad thing to worry about right you maybe possibly it really just depends it really depends on what afterwards during it depends on the intent and most people can figure out the intent pretty quickly. Like, I blow hot and cold every now and again, too. And I know a lot of women that do, but that doesn't necessarily mean that I'm a narcissist. That, doesn't, that also doesn't mean that I'm going to sit there and be, like, mind-blowing every time. I mean, I toot my own horn. Of course I am. Um, no, I'm just kidding. But there's also a level of I, I recognize that I'm blowing hot and cold. I recognize that there's times when it's going to be like, I'm, I'm not really into this right now. But I will be more than, for my partner, I'm more than willing to do and, and, and do what I can to make sure that you are getting some pleasure out of that as my partner. That's different than, hi, I'm going to do everything I can to make you feel like this is the best thing in the world and you can't live without it. So that when you, when I take it away from you, now you're desperate for it. And that's where the difference is. Hmm. You know, it's, it's kind of almost like, um, <laughs> uh, you know, it's, it, it's almost kind of like you can't win because if you're really good, people are going to be waiting for the other shoe to drop. And like, well, through that, get this where they're bad at. 
you know. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like. But there's a difference. You don't have to like. Okay, not everybody is uh, okay. Mm-hmm. Even porn stars aren't porn stars all the time. No. And I'm and you've you've had enough interviews with people that you know very well that what I'm saying is true. Just mm-hmm. because they're that's their job and they're probably very good at it doesn't mean that they're good at it all the time. No. No. The difference becomes it comes with the connection. So if you're mm-hmm. making that connection and it's sincere, I think everybody has that little voice in the back of their head that's like that connection is sincere and oh my gosh, it's that's mind blowing. But then there's still that connection as well. So I think that that, that undoes the whole, like, you're, yeah, you're good at it. You're really good at it. But then where is the, you know, what, is, what are you bad at? Like, or, or are you a narcissist? There is a, I think you, I think most people can feel that. Most people can understand that. You just said something that kind of got my antenna up because you, you talked about connection. And that's the one thing that nobody wants to say out loud because so many times and, uh, I'm going to get to You're going to get yourself trouble. in trouble, are you? But there's always a thing where women who are looking for someone always say, yeah, you know, I just wish that someone would do this. And then they have about probably 20 guys that will all be like, hey, I could do that. But yet they don't pay attention to it because that's not, they don't want it for them. They want it for one particular person. And the odds are that one particular person may not be the person that can give it to them. And guys are the same way too because they'll be like, hey, I want this and this and this. And there could probably be about 10, 15 women that could be like, hey, I can do this for you. But it's something that they're not uh, attracted to, but somebody that probably could and probably give them exactly what they need. But it's all about a connection and what they want. And that's why I was mm-hmm. like, so when people say that, they put it out there. It's one of those things where I'm like, yeah, you say you want that. But if there's somebody out there that's going to give you positively what you need and what you want, you still turn it down, even if you had it right in front of you, because it's not a connection there. You know? Mm-hmm. Or, and I've, I've run into this as well where it's like you have a connection, but because of a previous fear, slight, bad relationship, whatever the case may be, the, and I'm going to, I'm going to go with fear. The fear will become, yeah, yeah, you're, you're doing everything I want you to do, but eh, so did that other person. And I, I don't, I don't, I don't know that that you know. I don't think this is going to work out. And it's like, at some point or another, it's going to become a self fulfilling prophecy of, yeah, they hurt you because of whatever. And then you're like, yeah, well, everybody's going to end up leaving me because, again, of whatever they were a narcissist or they were not emotionally available or they might just not have been emotionally ready, you know, mm-hmm. for that level of commitment. And the next right. person's going to suffer from you having that same fear because that's what you have, you know, and it's like, you have to, it, it, I've been guilty of this multiple times, so I'm not going to even 
pretend that I'm not like I'm expert number one. I'm not. If anything, I'm an expert of having to learn from my mistake. Letting go of that fear is probably the hardest thing I've ever had to do. And that is a hundred percent what causes some, not all, some issues. Like, yeah, I want this connection. I want somebody to do this for me. And then you're like, yeah, well, I can do that for you. And then, yeah, but you are exactly like X, Y, Z from my past. And you're reminding me of that. And now as much as I want that, I'm also afraid of it because of the things that happened way back when. So there's also that too. So connection, trust, all the fears, everything. Love is scary. And by the way, the real world. <laughs> yeah, and by the way, before I forget, I can tell you, yes, uh, when it comes to adult stars, even sometimes they are a little bit shy about some of the things that they do. And there are some things that they choose to leave for private moments that they don't do on film. Even though it looks like they've done everything, and some have done everything, there are still some things that they leave relegated to the bedroom. And even then, they don't want it to be like work. And that's one thing I've always found amazing in that those interviews in which you can listen to any of them, which are <laughs> here where you listen to this show, uh, especially if you pull up the pool and lounges, the most inter- interesting things that we talked about was, you know, when we get into like the personal uh, life of it all, when we do, a lot of them are kind of more shy and reserved. Um, they don't really, you know, they choose to keep a lot of things like that kind of like close to the best and probably just like the basic things that kind of, you know, like not every porn star likes a guy with like a member that's like nine inches or longer. So we're like, no, at the end of the day, I can't do that. Every day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, which is why people get shocked when they say, I just want a normal guy because for them, it's the normalcy that I guess separates them from the the fantasy mm-hmm. is what it is. And I think that uh, it was interesting this evening. I was reading something online, and uh, I think it was Dee Byron who has been on this show. I think she had mentioned something to the fact that um, that she really doesn't watch. Um, adult stuff because, you know, um, she prefers to, you know, live in the moment. So, so yeah, it's just, you know, it's, it's a different thing that they do. Uh, but yeah, I think it's, it's interesting. Actually, I'm trying to pull this up because I don't want to be wrong on what she said here. Um, and I, so yeah. Um, but she, I'm not going to go into the whole thing, uh, but she said that sex had always been her superpower. Superpowers exist out of trauma and pain. Uh, another's control over my first sexual experience shifted her brain. That's what uh, that does to you. And she had no choice but to go to victim survival, which is why um, she doesn't really, uh, you know, she kind of goes on to talk about that. But I know she had also talked about uh, watching, uh, adult movies, which was uh, actually quite interesting, but yeah, 
um, and she said, oh, here it is. Now I found the full quote. But um, she only watched that to enhance the pleasure with her man or to edit it. And she says she has a good relationship with porn. She uses it for ethical entertainment purposes. Um, so, and even admitting that some of the things that she agreed to perform had attracted a negative vibe. Um, so people use it as they use it, but um, I want to have her back on one of these days. It's quite interesting in talking with her because um, she is highly educated in this and is an intimate, <clears throat> intuitive intimacy coach. Hopefully one of these days we'll get her back on the uh, 411 Lounge. I know we had her here on page one on Friday night, so uh, that time we talked to her and brought up a lot of topics, which was pretty cool. Yeah, um, and it was, yeah, she was very informative and informed, and I, I, I love talking to her. It was, it was really fun to have another person on the show that was as open about talking about stuff, and I know I'm, I'm an oddball out when it comes to a lot of women talking about just intimacy and, and how they feel and, and, and things that happen. Um, but it was really nice to be able to sit down and talk with somebody that's, again, highly intelligent, highly educated about a lot of different topics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but that will all have to be tabled for another week as the clock on the wall has told us we're just about out of time. Uh, did you oh, have any shout outs? <laughs> yes. Today is my parents' anniversary. So happy anniversary, mom and dad, grandma and grandpa, whatever you want to be called. Um, well, mom and dad to me, but they they have a lot of their roles. Coach is one. Um, but yeah, happy anniversary to them. Uh, that is, they are at 48 years. Hey, happy anniversary to them. So happy anniversary to them, and then happy happy birthday to my uncle Mike. Those both happened today. Awesome. Happy birthday, happy anniversary, and to you out there, if you're having a birthday or an anniversary, uh, a happiest of all to you. Thank you so much for listening to us this week, um, wherever you are, wherever you're listening to us. We certainly appreciate it. Tell a friend. Uh, we are found here every Friday night or just about every Friday night, 10 o'clock Eastern, 9 o'clock Central. And if you miss it, you can hear us. Not only here on Blog Talk Radio, but you can hear us wherever you can hear podcasts, whether that's Apple, iHeartRadio, Spotify, which a lot of you are listening on. Um, hopefully, we'll be back on Twitch sometime soon. Um, soon, soon, soon. I finally got my Twitch stuff fixed, so we should be able to start doing that again. Hey, so hopefully, we'll be back there soon. But I do want to thank all of you for listening. So until next we meet for Mary, I am LaVar. Thanks so much for listening. Take care of yourselves and each other, and we'll see you next time here on page one. Bye, everybody. Bye. Ladies and gentlemen, the weekend. Thanks for listening to page one. Don't forget to get the latest show info on Twitter at NewsCommentBTR and add us as a podcast on Apple, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and other platforms where we can be found. 